And today's episode will be focused on the new masculinity, the emergent uh, masculinity, um, which, is, which also sometimes goes by the title of embodied masculinity. Um, and uh, our guest today is Hans Morgenstern. Uh, Hans is a journalist here, a, a producer with uh, Channel 7 News in Miami. He's also a film critic, uh, has been uh, working as a film critic for like uh, 20 years and uh, last year or 2019 Hans decided to put his uh, career on hold to explore conscious living with an emphasis on uh, masculine and feminine integration and polarity. So uh, he's been studying under the tutelage of John Wineland and uh, I am interested in uh, learning more about um, what men in, in, you know, in this moment, in like post-Trump, extremely polarized <laughs> uh, moment in the culture, can do to, to be more open to their feminine and their masculine, to be kind of like conscious and... Um, you know, and, and, and positive masculine presences and influences in their relationships in intimately at work and even in their political, you know, activism and their philanthropy and their work choices. And I think ultimately in the way that they uh, address the, the environment, which uh, is one of the most um, urgent crisis right now. <laughs> we are recording as, as Texas is on its fifth day <laughs> of like freezing and starving. <laughs> and that's the, the most uh, energy rich uh, state in the most energy rich country in the world, right? Um, so yeah, the, the assumption of the masculine that it can go at it alone and it can, you know, tame or control and ignore nature and just, uh, you know, monetize and, you know, transact the shit out of <laughs> everything else um, has proven itself, uh, you know, delusional <laughs> and false. Um, and I think we kind of all know in our own way, in our, our own words, that we're living through the last uh, gasp of the patriarchy, um, but partly because we don't know what the non-patriarchal <laughs> system would be like, uh, we hold on to all the words and tropes and definitions and, and mores that we've inherited from our ancestors who were like deeply uh, buried <laughs> and trapped in it. So uh, welcome to the show, Hans. I'm looking forward to learning, um, as you did, uh, some of these pathways, you know, of the of the 
potential, you know, journey that uh, men can go on uh, while they work and while they, you know, live their daily lives otherwise, um, you know, in order to self-integrate and self-actualize. I know those are kind of like, you know, new agey ways uh, of speaking, but, you know, basically in order to become more, you know, sensitive and, uh, and, and empathetic and, and fully and fully fledged <laughs> human mm. beings <laughs> in yeah. this world. Yeah. So how mm. did this uh, start for you? And how did you arrive first to the point of taking time off and giving some months to this course of study and practicing mm. it for like 10 hours a day, right? Mm. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, so the 10 hours a day you, you referenced was uh, just this past weekend, there was a Valentine's Day workshop on Zoom, but they call it an immersion into these practices with John Wineland and his teacher, David Data. And let me just clarify now that I don't represent them in any way. I'm, I'm basically a client of them. And I'm going to speak to what has what what their work has allowed for me to grow from. So the beginning of my curiosity of this um, came just from some little clips that he shares on YouTube while I was feeling the repetition and the loop and the uh, starv spiritual starvation um, of being a film critic for 10 years. In, and it was just the same thing year after year for me. I loved going deep into um, my film analyses and I was very respected for that in, in this world and really honored by um, the places that they put me as I, I became the chairman of the Florida Film Critics Circle. I won a Knight Foundation grant for my website. It, I got to the point where it wasn't enough. <laughs> I felt I was giving a lot of my energy for uh for to benefit other people and for very fleeting uh benefits be it financial or be it um a moment of interest and popularity and then where was my the rest of my life so i did announce to that to my organization the florida film critics circle that i in 2019 that i would just take a break and, and do self-healing work and at that point, I was just curious of John Wineland's um, uh, embodiment work, yogic embodiment work, embodiment work that he talks about. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do exactly um, for 2020. However, everything stopped. And it really was a, a tremendous confrontation of like, wow, you better do find some kind of container find some kind of way of of doing this i i i'm very open about working with a witch um there's it's it's a very esoteric kind of work um she calls herself the oracle um, or sacred mirrors uh you can find her online and she really began um to really set the container for me with a tarot reading and from there, I sort of just waited for, from, just from, from connecting with nature, being on the beach at sunrise, uh, 
and I waited for the signs of like, what should I be doing? What should I be called for? John started offering free community calls, an hour, an hour and a half sometimes because of the pandemic. There were a lot of people who were very stressed out and needed guidance. And I asked a question um, and he gave me a good 15 minutes of his time to explain his answer to my question, which was, my question was, how do I tamp down my yearning heart for a relationship when I'm connecting with women? Uh, my, 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 my sort of hunger for, for relationship um, pushed women away, it became repulsive. And so he recommended a feminine energy cleanse. And that was the tighter container within this container that allowed me to focus and, uh, and, I'm, uh, I hesitate to say be where I'm at right now because I feel like I'm still, I'm still doing some of the work. Um, but, but there was a definite, definite transformation. Where are you now in relation to where you were then when you asked the question? What have you changed? I've definitely changed my posture <laughs> <laughs> because one of the things you do learn is how to ground um, in in establishing yourself in front of a feminine being. And that's the, embod instance, that's the embodiment, right? Part yeah. of the embodiment, and, yeah. And you know, the, the beautiful thing that's happening right now is the way you're swaying, <laughs> which is a natural feminine tendency. <laughs> I always and, sway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and for me, that feels good. I mean, yeah. I don't have to sway because you're, you're doing it for me. <laughs> and I just hold the steady breath for you so you can sway as much as you want. <laughs> And it just it, it just creates a beautiful dynamic. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it so began with you, posture. Okay, so it began with posture. Uh, but I'm going back to the original, you know, let's say, problem, right? The the original, uh, you know, lack of health that you felt. L let's let's understand this a little better. So you felt that women were not uh, who you were meeting uh, to date were not open to having a relationship with you or in general to having relationship because you know the like the 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 going wisdom is instead <laughs> that women always want relationship right and that the men uh, want more whatever sexual or adventuring or uh, you know no strings attached uh, type of of exchange you see, that's that's kind of like the old ideas, right? Mm -hmm. um, that yeah. men are this way and women are that way. Yeah, the Mars. Um, and the women are from, you know, men are from Mars, right. women from Venus, right. which was such a, yeah, that was such a ridiculous book, and it became a bestseller. <laughs> right, and and what what we really see in in this in this work, and what well, what I see and what I I, I feel nourished by with this work is that they both are are within each gender. Gender doesn't matter. It's about sort of energetic um, flow between it's so I find it easier to, to start by explaining by the yin and the yang energy, yeah. the, the yin being the feminine and the yang being the masculine. Mm -hmm. And they basically, you know, you, you always see it as like a two dimensional object like this, you know, one cupping the other, but it's really three dimensions and it's always flowing, ever, always ever changing. And it's about just finding that comfortable place in that. And it happens within you. So this 
this yearning that I have, my yearning heart, is my feminine energy. Mm. And the structure that I create around that and the sort of safety that I can build around that um, so that it's not o- overly leaky, as, as they say, mm. um, is my masculine, mm. is, is, is the structure that I can sit with it and be okay with it. And that's mm. really a lot of the practices that I've been doing is, is sitting in, in contemplation of, of feeling into my heart this, this sense of, uh, of yearning and loneliness and, uh, and just feeling it and just sitting with it for 30 minutes at a time, whenever I feel like now. But during the cleanse, I probably did it much more than, than I do now. So during the cleanse, you spend a lot of time kind of like in meditation and stillness? There was some of that. Um, I, I guess I should start with like, you know, so what did I do with the women in my life, right? Okay, sure. <laughs> so I stopped talking to friends. I let them know ahead of time, especially my close friends that, you know, I, I need to take a break for three months. And also we're instructed not to engage in flirtatious behavior with anybody who sort of like appears, be it like in a, in a coffee shop or, or your neighbor, just keep it transactional um, and keep it pure that way. Um, I decided to get off social media um, because there, were, there would have been too many women to explain myself to in, in that case. And, and I didn't want to just suddenly be um, hit up by somebody uh, during that time. Um, what else? Um, yeah, uh, I think that that's basically it. I mean, I'd even talk to like my married friends and maybe I, I took it a little, little extreme in that way. I stopped seeing my, my, my female therapists, uh, that, but then I felt I was also done with therapy too. So this is basically taking my own healing to another level. Um, I think I'm done with therapy. Let's go, let's do something more, more dangerous, more, more risky than saying stop dating. Um, so you do all this on top of that, no pornography. Uh, I think one of the greatest uh, moments during this cleanse where I felt like there was progress was, and this was on one of his uh, free community calls when he recommended to me, um, after a workshop, I had some trepidations of embodying a certain archetype um, of the dark masculine, uh, the dark lover. And yet I got all this great feedback for it. So I was just, you know, what am I going to do with this? I feel like there's something in me that's just naturally innate in, in this, in this delicious darkness that women sometimes crave. And yet I have a, a fear around it. So he suggested I sit down for about 10 to 15 minutes a day and contemplate my own self-loathing and the feeling of that. So it's not about the things that trigger me into self-loathing. It's about being in self-loathing. And whatever comes up in the body, if it wants to move, if it wants to cry, if it wants to yell, let it out. So I did that for about 10 or 12 days straight. And there were a couple of signs from the universe that said, like, I was done. I one of my grounding stones broke and it was, it also happened to be a, a new full moon. Um, so just on the cusp of a new moon and after meditation that night, I was aroused. And one of the most difficult things during these practices is to get aroused during like these meditative places where you can be this like still, still, still person. 
then I explored self-pleasure with that. So without pornography, without fantasy or anything. And when did you know it? I'd never done that before in my life, but I did climax during that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I just knew I was done with something. And I knew this this work was really working toward clearing some stories and, and traumas that have been just sitting there stewing during this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. all have like a ton of traumas. And, and uh, when we interact with another, if we are not like in a conscious place, if we don't have a little extra you know, space and time to, to look at ourselves as we interact, then, you know, inevitably we get triggered, we relieve, and we're extremely reactive. You know, there is just no other way for any of us. You know, our first impulse, like the first second response, is the damn reaction that's born from uh, the work that our brains did a long time ago, you know, to protect us from further, like, pain uh, in, in response to whatever we perceived as trauma. And and the and the interesting thing here is that you know part of like the masculine you know the cliche masculine trope has been to to judge what is appropriate and what is inappropriate trauma right and uh, like according to the old masculine ninety percent of psychological or psychic trauma is not manly. <laughs> so yeah. basically the way for the masculine, for, for the male to deal with his, you know, childhood, babyhood, teenagehood uh, traumas and sources of insecurity and hurt and rejection um, was to just like repress, deny, right? And then continue to, to get uh, stimulation from others which means continue to get triggered in those exact same ways, you know? And that's how we get to a place where, you know, so many men like are, are serial uh, husbands <laughs> and serial divorcers, you know, and have like divorce lawyers on payroll, basically, because uh, they find it just more expedient to, you know, marry the girl <laughs> instead of like try to seduce her, go through whatever and then file for a divorce and repeat you know, repeat, uh, rather than grow. So yeah, like growing, I think a part of the challenge, again, for the old masculine is that change, you know, and, and processing things and growing uh, the way that you describe it is slow. It's slow in a way that is uncomfortable for us in this extremely like fast-paced, you know, digital life. And it's slow in a way that the old masculine would identify with feminine, you know, like the feminine uh, rests and lies, likes relaxation and lies about and talks about feelings and, you know, introspects too much. And, you know, it's just part of like that life of the woman in the harem, you know, but not of a, of a man of action, of a man in the world, right? So I think these are the cliches that, that were, you're, you know, we're all fighting against, but particularly men, you know, are, are, are they, they are pulled backward into this like old masculinity uh, from the weight and the mass, you know, of like thousands of years of, of, of patriarchal training, <laughs> you know, that, that forces them to like take charge no matter what of themselves um, at, the, at, the, at a great cost as well as like of, you know, whoever they're with. So yeah, um, what you're describing to me is exactly, um, 
you know, a, 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 a slowing down, you know, like slow down men of the Western world. <laughs> you know, you slow you know, down yourself in every way. You, and, and you touch on um, patterns, habits, um, these, this repetition of, of certain activities from a very base part of the brain, uh, also stuff that you learn as a child. So one of the key aspects of this work is recognizing your patterns and your habits that you keep trying to <laughs> to get new results um, by doing the same things and reacting from a place of trauma right. so what john talks about is that you know you change the karma um this that's that's your karma um your karma is to like keep doing certain things your consciousness puts your awareness which is a very key part of this work as well which is basically getting in tune with a person or the identity within you uh, before you had a name. It's the one that can be aware of your childhood at three years old to your 30th birthday, where your cells have like died and come back and regenerated after seven years. Everything, your whole body has changed. However, there's a piece of you that remembers it all and it doesn't judge, it just knows, it observes. So it's about tuning into that channel and from there saying like, well, normally you'd be doing this. Try this for a change and see what happens. It's actually uh, about tuning into my own feminine and not looking for validation of the, from the feminine outside of me. So I had I have a very natural sort of feminine energy. I've always had that. Uh, it's it's because I've been reading tarot cards since I was 23 years old. And the, the things I prefer to do aren't always very masculine. I've never cared for sports. Um, I prefer to, to lie down in a woman's arms. <laughs> uh, those, those sort of things are, are just more feminine energy. Um, but I neglected it. I neglected that. And it cost me a marriage. I really neglected it in so many levels, and it's time to tune back into that. The only way to do that is not by seeing what I can find out, out, out there in a dating world outside of me. It's about really tuning into like what I can find within myself and be okay with like never having a relationship again. So that's why <laughs> okay, I went okay. an additional is, three months. Never is extreme. So you went... I know. How, it's it's how about many? feeling good about yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, so how many, how, how long altogether? So, yeah, it, it was supposed to be three months. It went on to be six months mm. um, just because I felt like that there was still more work and there still is some more work to do. I'm still very cautious about stepping up, but I'm not going on three dates in one weekend anymore. That's for sure. Uh, I, I knew I spread myself thin in those sort of areas and this quest for, for some kind of company, no matter what. It didn't matter if it was just like very diluted sense of energy. At least I got something. Little did I know I had so much within me that it feels so good. That, yeah. 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 Now yeah. I can bring to them as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I think that that's another kind of like interesting moment in our culture that we tend to you know, value or accept quantity <laughs> uh, 
in place of quality, you know, we've lost a, a lot of our discriminating edge uh, as people. And I think it's, it's mostly a, a side effect, again, of like the digital experience, you know. We're all constantly bombarded by so much information, you know, so, so many humans in the world, you know, uh, all the, whether it's, you know, social media or news sources, Everything has been decentralized, and therefore it just like multiplies based on a on a senseless algorithm, right? Um, and in in a way, we tend to ex, you know expand that or to expect the same thing to happen in the rest of our lives. So so I I feel that you know dating apps, for example, um, but also you know create this new habit of like. You know, let me just get go through people and expect like something magical, <laughs> you know, to happen. Um, and it it doesn't. So it's just getting to know more people and flooding the self with like, uh, you know, superficial information. You know, impressions and smells and you know names and jobs and possibilities and just kind of like you know um, outlines that we never get to fill in. So it's never really possible to have like a fully informed and a real opinion, you know, and, and, and that, that, that does take time. Um, so yeah, I, I feel that what you're saying, you know, going on like four days, dates, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's very much like a phenomenon of the moment. Um, yeah. you know, and, 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 we all feel find it difficult to like you know choose someone when we're made so intensely aware of like all the endless possibilities out there you know like a hundred years ago that was not possible there were no endless possibilities you know the place what we call now like oh you know i'm, I'm always like going from a place of scarcity that was real you know if you lived in a little village or in a town and you were not like uh, you know flying around the world <laughs> and you didn't have the internet like there were only so many people who were like age appropriate and available <laughs> um and they probably all knew each other so like after you dated one or two you probably had already dated like all their friends which get uncomfortable right so there were a lot of like uh, limitations already pre set in in the system and now they've all vanished so mm. we're left you know to our own resources to try and structure this and and frame it um and i think the the, the positive the evolutionary you know outcome of that is this you know that mm. we choose to go inwardly and actually find ways to change ourselves and as more and more of us do it, you know, change the civilization, really, like, a, 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 you know, a mass civilizational shift. Um, mm. And if we are going to move forward out of the patriarchy into a post-patriarchy, um, that, that's not so much like a pyramid structure. We need uh, men, <laughs> right, to lead the way and not feel that, defensive and not feel that they have 
something to lose or that, you know, everybody's ganging against them <laughs> um, or blaming them, but instead that they have so much to gain and that they are, you know, finding their freedom and their multiplicities and, you know, ways to express themselves outside like the work environment as fully fledged humans, you know, not have to depend on like the woman they're with, uh, through whom they could then be, you know, emotional or vulnerable <laughs> or like, you know, kinship makers or whatever, <laughs> you know, homemakers. Yeah. Do it yeah. Yourself. And, you know, you mentioned freedom. Um, and that's one of the one of the big words I, I heard during during this this work is you know John says that the, the masculine ultimately only wants freedom. Oh yeah. And there's leadership involved. So it's not about and going and doing drugs or like disappearing from everything um you do have responsibilities one of the one of the aspects of this he said start a men's group so i did uh, contact some friends of mine i'm like i'm gonna do this thing i need you guys to support me in this because i'm not going to be going to women to expose my emotions i need to learn to expose my emotions with you guys and um, I'm still meeting with them. I started this back in May of last year. The cleanse ended in December, and here we are in February. And we still meet. Um, it's something that I told them that I'm, I'm devoted to. Uh, we'll, we'll keep meeting. And these are guys that I knew from high school, some who I knew from college, a couple of newer guys who I met um, in tantric circles um, who, are, who have also dedicated themselves to this group. And we just meet once a week and we check in with each other um, in a very structured way. Everybody gets about five minutes to share what's, what's, what's alive in them and what they're feeling. And uh, anybody who wants feedback gets it. Anybody who doesn't said, I just want to be witnessed and heard. It's, it's been life-changing for, for several of those guys. At least they've told me that their relationships with their other friends have changed. So this is the work, right? And yeah, that's a great. This is the work the best, in action. That's the best work, yeah. And then if mm -hmm. each one of them starts a group <laughs> with their other mm -hmm. friends, right? That's how it spreads, and you don't have to like you know pay coaches and uh, get into that you know rabbit hole of yeah. spending money on something and then wanting people to pay you to share it, and which I personally you know get offended by. <laughs> Personally, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, this type of knowledge should be free. But yeah. I, I, I do, you know, encourage and support everyone to reach out to the people they know and take, yes. take initiative and not be, you know, dependent. You know, I think that, um, well, again, the patriarchy trained us to, or, you know, to be dependent um, on, on receiving, <laughs> right, mm -hmm. wisdom from outside. And then, um, then passing on that same wisdom, right, to others. And that's, mm. you know, proselytizing. And to me, that's not what this should be about, you know. Mm. Uh, that's how, like, the church, the organized church of all kinds, of every religion, once they got organized, that's what they did, you know. Uh, that's what the, the nationalist, uh, you know, 
propaganda or system <laughs> did, uh, you know, getting the kids like in school, in the classroom and, mm-hmm. you know, give them, giving them the, the framework of, of the curriculum. Right. The th- mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, the, the thinking framework. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that we are, we're, we have become, you know, passive in that sense. Um, we think that we are intelligent because we use like critical analysis, you know, <laughs> to read, you know, superficial news stories, which actually we should just be glancing over and not, you know, an- analyzing because that's what you do with like an in-depth study in a book. <laughs> um, mm. But and then, but we don't use, you know, the same critical analytic tools for this information we get from like, you know, therapists, let's say, or, um, you know, the, the experts. So, um, I th- you know, I think the way we are in a, in a positive moment in the sense that, uh, you know, the author is dead, the, 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 the teachers, <laughs> you know, have lost like their, their prestige. Um, you know, anybody can call themselves like a teacher and an expert. That's, you know, that's positive if we, if we don't think of teacher and expert the same way. If we just understand that that means that we can all participate and we can, you know, participate from the heart, as you said, because we feel called to, because we feel the need, because it feels good, and then share it with those around us and and do it, you know, for the good of all people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's what I, what I do love about working with John is that I don't feel like pressure at all to do another, to, to upgrade to another level, those sort of things that you see a lot marketed in, in these, in this world, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you have to get to this level. You pay this extra money. It's, it, that's not part of his, his curriculum. Yeah. Um, I, I did see that I, he offers like a three year long teacher training. Oh yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's that's always cool. teacher training too. Yeah. yeah that's a whole course in itself. But the thing is, is that we're not taught this stuff in school and why people are coming out of school so uneducated as, as they are is because we're not taught critical thinking. We're not, we're not taught in making, um, you know, decisions about tuning into your breath and tuning into your heart and making decisions from there is so much deeper than, than what I heard in school sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have relieved a lot of trauma earlier on had I been in that kind of practice. Um, but my own training in yoga, I studied Iyengar yoga for 20 years too. And um, next year, I particularly took up pranic yoga that crosses over into his work in the breath. Um, these men who are in my group decided on who to choose sometimes because they came to me because of the meditator. I practice transcendental meditation too. So there's all these other fields that I, I definitely have cultivated um, to ensure my own sort of like autonomous healing. It's really up to you. No yeah. one can, can yeah. fix you yeah. except yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I and I yeah I agree with you. We need to change the curriculum in our schools in very fundamental ways. <laughs> and and one such way is you know uh, 
emotional intelligence, you know, teaching emotional intelligence the same way that we, you know, teach like whatever, right? cultivating, cultivate our IQ. Um, and definitely in a world where, you know, coding is, is emphasized and promoted, right? We need to balance that out by emphasizing even more, <laughs> uh, you know, emotional and, and empathetic and caretaking and heart-based, uh, you know, practices and, and lessons, uh, including, you know, including sex ed, of course, but not limited mm. to it at all, because that kind of divides, uh, you know, the, the, the mind from the body again. So I think the process of what we're talking about, which is an embodiment, um, is much more, you know, inclusive. Um, and the idea of integrating the masculine and the feminine um, is, you know, super, super valuable. Um, do you feel that you have reached an integration or, uh, you know, between yin and yang? It's better than it was <laughs> <laughs> last year. That's for sure. For mm -hmm. sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I have to say that something that you mentioned just a little while ago about coding and uh, mm -hmm. and a lack of empathy. Imagine if Mark Zuckerberg was taught to feel into his heart before he created that Facebook thing. I know. Which was all based on duality. I know. Um, I know. This is non-dualistic work. Um, I know. You, you think masculine, but it's really I sort know. of integration and the flow. If anyone needs to take like a year off. <laughs> Silicon Valley, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you feel... Again, because we're heart-based, right? I, I, I feel a lot of empathy for him. I feel really bad for him every time I see him because he's so limited. You know, he's so much closer to the machine. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of these men are um, this, you know, very successful, like new billionaires and a couple of one trillionaire <laughs> or two, however many. Um Definitely, you know, in need of reuniting with their uh, feminine, you know, and with nature. And and I do think, uh, when I call nature, I don't mean like going out in the woods simply. You know, I mean that everything mm -hmm. that, that's included in that, uh, you know, starting with like our body. <laughs> you know, respecting it, listening to it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and what about the polarity? In, in Tantra, for instance, eye gazing is a big thing, right? Um, here, eye gazing is a huge thing, and it's about really embodying, um, if you're a masculine-led person, um, your masculine energy, and the feminine really embodies her feminine energy. And to maximize it is to sort of exaggerate it, like really like bad acting or something like that. Now, the key is it's sort of like, and this is something that I, I even learned from my yoga teacher, um, when you're doing pranayama and you're breathing and it's the subtle breath that gets you to transcendence. So it's dialing it back into a subtle, much more subtle place where you can feel relaxed into it, um, where you can definitely feel like the, the, the difference or the, the, the magnetism between the two people. And it's, some, it's a very subtle place that, that you feel with the heart, with the breath. And it comes and goes, it fluctuates. It's, it's something that David Data has long taught, um, his John's teacher. And it's just about maximizing the ability to be in the place of 
of uh, of harmony. There's a, har- a harmony between those two um, energies um, that can naturally happen. And sometimes getting to there means increasing your capacity to um, really push yourself um, to your edges, to your like, oh, am I going to be too much of this or too much of that? Then you go to relax from there, and that's when you find a nice little harmonious place. And you can't put a name to it. You can't point it out, uh, except maybe, you know, um, for a moment, you just feel it. And it's, it's a wonderful place to be for me. As someone who got his master's in English and um, spent so much time analyzing film and, and art in, in very intellectual ways, when I was looking for something more, I, I wanted to feel things. <laughs> I really wanted to feel like the, these moments. And I try to explain so much, really just can't explain it. it. To explain it would be doing it an injustice, you know? Okay. No, I understand. Yeah, I to, think to give know, it a name. Yeah, I understood when you said harmony that made a lot of sense for me. So it's basically, mm. you know, the push and pull uh, of, yes. of back and forth. Yeah, and yeah. finding yeah. constantly re refinding that balance between mm-hmm. the the feminine and the masculine, or between yourself and your partner. Yeah. Yes. And and I and I understand the the you know the importance of not having not you know not creating or not erecting you know expectations you know like again the the old masculine you know want wanted to make the rules and set the parameters you know this is my home i'm the head of the household or you know i you know you carry my name you know <laughs> um so that that gave the masculine the the right to kind of expect the you know the fem the feminine to uh, adjust to compromise yeah. you know to make peace um to to be the one to to settle um and um and in the process the masculine robbed you know robs himself of of that richness of experience mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the 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 fullness the completion is exactly in our difference you know and not in our, our pretend agreement you know but but of course like pretending agreement is so expedient and easy and faster <laughs> so if we value things that are quick and instant gratification you know then would rather someone pretend and go along and do what we want it's not complaining mm. that's what i'm saying what you you know you're opening up space so yes it's a give and take and a dialogue rather than um you know and chatter i have to i just have to say that you know a key part is the dialogue from the heart um it's about connecting to your heart and not being from your head um one of the things that i often hear in these discussions and the q and a's is like As soon as you start strategizing, as soon as you start thinking about like, what, what should I say to make him do this or whatever? That comes from a place of abuse. Um, and you want to not come from a place of strategizing and thinking. It's um, poisonous to the, to the whole harmony. It's uh, poisonous to yourself. It's poisonous. It's repulsive. It's, it's painful for the other partner as well. So it's about tuning in to these, these, these subtle places and, And for the masculine, it's like knowing what the woman needs before she even knows she needs it. Yeah. And for, that's, for that both. doesn't come from strategizing. Yeah, for both, you know, having that intuitive sense. You know, I think that's, that's the meaning mm-hmm. of Tantra. Uh, I mean, the original mm-hmm. meaning of Tantra is, exa- is harmony. And, it's union, yes. Yeah, and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the way to do that is to find 
kind of like natural agreement. You know, I remember my, my teacher uh, in, in India, you know, was saying, you know, I want you to get to a place of, of contentment where, you know, you've just left the house to go on a long walk you've been looking forward to and it starts to rain. And at that very moment, with the first raindrop, you've been wishing for rain. And, you know, so you, you are you know, you accept and, and love and want what is, in a sense. Mm. Um, mm. And mm. I mean, that's a, that, that's a bit, you know, extreme, but it shows how, how quickly that changes, you know. And we, I get it. we think of it in, in, dif in a very different way. You know, we have this, like, sense of a firm identity, you know, and I know what I want, you know. And, like, the, the dating coaches are like, write your list and stick to that list. And all of those, like, um, you know, masculine-based, like what you said, strategies, right, uh, organically deny the give and take inherent in, in every relationship. So if you don't stay open in the moment and attuned mm. to each other constantly and having, you know, all the space in the world for each other constantly, <laughs> mm. then, you know, you can't really sustain it. You can just, like, mm -hmm. talk about it, <laughs> um, but not, you know, practice it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I broke my heel, and it, it destroyed my Achilles heel, uh, my, my tendon, my... My uh, my ankle is never going to be the same, and you can choose to like complain about it. But I chose to like say, "Well, look where I'm at, not right now." I would never be this rich of a person. Never would would have decided to like stop writing because I was forced to stop writing in that moment and see what that was like. I was given a gift by the universe by by this initiation that I went through. Yeah. And that's like, you know, it forced you to stop and take a break. It kind of put you in, in stasis. Yeah. Yes. So that, that, that's exactly what we were saying. You know, that's the feminine place. You know, like that's the mm. woman carrying a baby <laughs> who mm. has to like slow down because, mm. you know, uh, and, and it's just, you know, it's not cultivated in our world. It used to be in olden times. Uh, not that I want us to go back to the olden, to the old times, um, but but they were close to nature, and that's something that we have lost, you know. So yes. uh, in that world, come you know winter, there was just like a long time of rest, you know. There was no work in the field. There was no you know you just like uh, lay low, took it easy, you know. So a lot of um, the vast majority of the people were still going by the rhythms of nature. Um, and unfortunately, our definition of success um, has been equated with like controlling and fighting nature, overcoming nature. Um, and uh, that's where we are right now in this you know, environmental crisis um, because we haven't accounted, you know, in our system of like defining success, uh, wealth, <laughs> um, you know, achievement. We don't account for for the natural capital, and we don't, you know, which includes the body, you know, and the feminine, yeah. like the birth in mm -hmm. feminine, and of, co of course, like nature. You know, how how many trees, how much clean air, how much clean mm -hmm. water, right? So if we take that off our our 
let's say, you know, account keeping <laughs> and we, you know, measure our, our success, you know, like the GDP uh, by, by the opposite, you know, by, by how much like, uh, uh, how many trees we cut so we can, you know, uh, agro farm more, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, by, by how much we have further, you know, tamed nature, then it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a self denying, you know, suicidal way of understanding success, you know, because it's so one-sided and, and it, yeah. it, it tends to be more masculine. <laughs> so bringing your feminine in, I think, kind of expands in all these ways, our understanding. Yes. And I mean, there's, there's definitely a healthy part of the masculine in that you, know, you bring consciousness to, to relating. And to yeah. bring consciousness means to really breathe. Breath is so important. And, and to just be aware of the moment, right? That's been every, we're all taught to like strive for something to accumulate, accumulate, accumulate our experiences or wealth. But as you've so astutely pointed out, when there's a wealth within us, that can bring us so much more peace. I mean, pay your bills. Don't forget that. You have to pay the bills. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's so many better things to entertain yourself with than uh, movies all the time. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> social media. Um, I mean, you have a pet. Pet your cat. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful experience. Yeah. Yeah there's a chance for feedback where we chat back and forth. And he asked us to like, um, basically compliment them on what felt good to you and what maybe you needed more of, but you don't type things like, I need you to smile more. Um, you can say things like, Oh, you tease me with the corners of your lips. I would love to see more of that, you know? And then you'll get it. You know, I also learned to lead with my smile to like, evoke smiles from them instead of just following their leads for smiles, um, which I had an issue with like the previous workshop, but then I learned that quick. But then the third woman they gave me was like this swaying goddess who just like, I'm like, I don't know what she needs. She doesn't need a man. You know, she's, she's got it all down. And, uh, and she offered, she was in Byron Bay, all the, the other side of the world uh, in Australia, oh. in New South Wales. And she offered that um, she's a free diver. <laughs> so she can hold her breath deeper than any man in, in that whole community. Six and a half minutes, she said, was like her limit. And I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be a challenge. Especially since she was wearing a bathing suit. <laughs> 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 so, it was just like, so she was so feminine, so sexy, um, so inviting, um, sticking her tongue out, showing her ass on all that stuff. And she said that she could express herself in this way because she felt safe. And ultimately, that's what you're because, trying to cultivate. Because it was a like safe a, masculine. A line. That's what you mean? Or? Yeah. Uh. No, it's um, because my gaze wasn't uh, at her as an object. It's about recognizing the light within these, these women. And, and yeah, the thing is, when she appeared, I did lose my breath. And that shows a collapse in the pose. 
because you are supposed to be deep breathing, deep breathing into the belly and holding them in their breath. Um, that you're supposed to breathe for them so they can express um, in in a way that can sometimes uh, vicious and sometimes very sad. Um, Anything can happen <laughs> in these in, in when you're dealing with the chaotic energy of the feminine, because you're supposed to be like containing them as as a masculine, and it's just sort of like sitting there, but but also expressing with the eyes and maybe with a bit with the mouth. But you have to keep your spine your spine like nice and rigid during these practices. And you know the thing is is, is that when she like messaged me that she felt safe. Um, because she did expose a lot of her body and she wouldn't have done that with a, a man who'd be like, what's going to show me next? You know, it's so internal. Like that expression is just so like, give me more, get, take, take, take. I'm here to hold space for you so you can express is a very different sort of energy. And so I tuned into that. It was just such a beautiful experience. Three days of, of, of these, these moments. Yeah. Yeah, especially with like people with whom you don't, you know, plan to like build on this and, you know, yeah. go after them and chase them down. <laughs> It's yeah. a very tight container. Yeah. They say like yeah. no hitting on people um, while you're here. If you think you had a connection, email us. We'll email them. <laughs> That sort of thing. You know, they, they really keep a tight container in these practices because it's about getting to an edge that you wouldn't be normally comfortable exploring on a date. So you can bring what you've learned to the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do, you know, I think, I mean, I, I, I wish we had said that, but, um, mm. you know, I think that feminism, the way it has evolved, you know, I mean, feminism, of course, was, a, you, know, you know, an amazing movement of liberation. Yeah. Uh, but it was the important. way it has evolved currently does lead many women to function from the masculine, Because that's the only thing that our society, our patriarchal society, first of all, models and shows as yeah. successful. You know, it's mm -hmm. the only way that human beings can get respect, you know, can mm -hmm. get uh, uh, rewarded financially, you know, with promotions, can also feel safe. You know, the feminine doesn't feel safe to women either. You know, um, it, it feels like, uh, you know, there to be like, taken advantage of or exploit, exploited for all of right. us, regardless yeah. of like our procreative gender. So yeah, it's, it's hard for many women these days to, yeah. you know, to function from their vulnerable feminine, you know, authentic space. There are so many women in this program who just are dying to, to find a, a place to do that because they don't have that otherwise. Um, I mean, there's so much fear around being called a slut, for instance. I understand it. It is hard to be um, trusting. You know, mm -hmm. a trusting uh, feminine, what, whatever your gender, because the feminine mm -hmm. is, you know, the feminine is the one who gets raped, you know, who is yeah. conquered, <laughs> right? So... Mm -hmm. uh, I think that for, for a lot of women, it's kind of a, you know, a self-defense, you know, mechanism. That, yes. That, valid. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's very valid. Um, yeah. it's, and, it's, and it's about men having to step up to be safe for them. 
so yeah. they can be there yeah. because I have met women in that group who have also had sexual assault experiences because oh, yeah. it happens more often than <laughs> yeah so so often yeah. yeah yeah so this is when the men have to step up and and other men need to call other men out when they're not doing it right <laughs> for yeah. instance yeah i mean yeah. The, you know the culture overall i mean you know there are pockets of, of us here and there but the culture overall still looks at a woman who presents from a ve- feminine place you know for mm. from a like uh, open accepting you know uh, sexy place you know whether with her mm. clothing or her body language or whatever and yeah. understands that to mean uh, no consent needed <laughs> you know available for all um, so, you know, the idea of like the woman being the sole kind of like owner of her body is mm-hmm. still very new and it, it's not practiced, you know, even though we talk about it. People don't. Yeah, because when, when you describe a woman like that, who, you know, maybe she's wearing pro- clothing, she often is asked to explain herself. <laughs> Shouldn't have to explain herself. Of, as to why she's wearing something provocative or if it feels provocative to someone and someone feels threatened by that it says more about the person who like brings it up as like oh that's that's provocative oh that's slutty um that's shameful yeah yeah or but you know it's women more, are asked to explain that yeah or it's seen as a as a invitation you know like grabbed mm-hmm. by the pussy sort of thing you know and yeah an invitation for assault um and that's the vast majority of the world sees that. So the moment you start to censor yourself as a woman in that sense, then you start self-censoring in every sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, it may begin in something as basic as like not wanting the other kids to, to call you names or uh, you know, not wanting people to catcall nonstop, you know, in the street or, you know, beep their horns or what. I mean, you know, it, it, there is a lot of like nonstop, re- you know, crazy um, reactivity <laughs> to just like mm-hmm. being, you know, being a normal to you, to ourselves, you know, so mm. female. So a lot of women self-censure and self-cover yeah. Uh, yeah. just to like, you know, minimize this kind of assault, you know, constant assault. So, yeah, until mm-hmm. the, the masculine comes into, you know, its own mm-hmm. and, and doesn't get so extremely, like, um, you know... Uh, Objectifying yeah, or... And, and yeah, proactive, and you have to... Extremely proactive, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I remember going out with one woman to... Um, the 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 ween right and this guy like decided to grab her boob and i had to stop him i had to like yell at him to to stop that because he was drunk and she was dressed sexy so that felt like it is it's so obnoxious because the other issue is that from women saying they have to self-censor their hope is natural right natural desire to be to be seen. That's why I do these practices with these women. So many times I see them break down crying because they haven't been seen like that. They want to be seen like that. 
it's like almost traumatic for them to to express themselves in these ways, but it feels good. We find that pain and pleasure are also sort of yin and yang kind of energies in that. No, yeah. For in sure. the fact that someone's expressing, it's like it's a breakthrough, and sometimes it hurts. Yeah, physical. But it's a safe place to, pain, to express. Yeah, physical mm-hmm. pain for yeah. sure is very close to physical pain. Pe- pleasure it is but psychic pain is not at all mm. and that's a big mm. difference you know so and that's where consent and you know boundaries come in and make make all the difference in the world but like you know for for a man uh, you know a procreative male <laughs> to begin mm. to understand the feminine you know it's important to understand that a woman in the world does not feel safe alone you know, in public, like 99.9% of the time. And until that changes, um, which would require like a mass, again, you know, shift in consciousness, until that changes, we can't really be open and equal. (laughs) We can't, you know, one of us is always like, you know, on the defense. Yeah, it's a shame that, that it seems like there's a minority of men doing this kind of work when we do need a social shift to happen. I mean, I pretty much have done everything alone, often. (laughs) You know, Mm. I go to, like, events and openings and plays and movies and, you know, whatever, alone. Um, But I know, you know, I know that this is me taking risk. And, you know, I I have been around the world alone in the the dark, uh, and I'm a night owl, so Mm. late at night in you know in numerous places and i always know that i am putting my you know life on on the line at this moment um but i just interpret the the risk as as empowering for me that's just Mm -hmm. how you know that's how it works for me it's just kind of me taking charge of my world no matter what (laughs) the the danger or the risk Ah. factor but, you know, the risk is huge. You know, I, I'm walking in the dark at night, every night, and there is a single male walking toward me. There is no one else around. I can't make mm-hmm. out his features. I'm scared. That is just so deep, right? And what am I scared of? I'm not scared that he will kill me. I'm scared that he will assault and rape me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd like don't outgrow that like i have been scared like this for my whole life pretty much since i turned like 12. (laughs) yeah and especially since you learned that when you're 12 it becomes your your go-to feeling when you see a man alone oh yeah you're alone i I learned it and he's coming at you i learned it many many times yeah it's it it gets confirmed you know it it sounds like you project strength in some kind of way, what, when you're out there by yourself, you find a way to like find your own power within yourself and you protect oh, yeah, that sort sure. of energy. You, you create a sort of energetic boundary around yourself and you do protect mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. an important part for women to learn too. Because as soon as they start going like this, you know, the man will go like that. So it's, it's really about projecting that, that, that strength. Um, yeah. That yeah. You can take care of yourself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you can only do that like with practice, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and yeah, um, not allowing the repeated, you know, trauma to define you or to change your, you know, 
your pleasure um, mm. it is really the you know the way forward you know if you mm. hold on to the trauma or to the mm. memory of the attack and and you know the memory of not existing <laughs> of not being in charge of your body at all if you uh, you know are not able to process that and let go you're not gonna be doing this again you know <laughs> and that's yeah. how we are still women are still taught to like you know mind their place and stay home <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah so th that's a uh, to me you know that's a big part of of the feminine that has defined what we now equate as the feminine, you know, and its ways. So mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what the feminine would be if we had like a century even, forget 5,000 years, <laughs> even like a century of not having to deal with that. I can't imagine the wealth of self-expression, you know, that yeah. would come out of, of women if they didn't feel constantly uh, threatened, you know, and judged. I had a, you know, a father who was, who punished um, and wanted control and that kind of stilted me back. It held me back a bit. Um, so it's about being able to trust the masculine. Yeah. That like mm. forced family drama where like mm. the woman and the man are forced <laughs> to be mm. together for the sake of this child or children, mm. right? In a very, very tight uh, space. Um, mm -hmm. and, and consider, you know, and can take each other like for granted because they, they procreate it. So, you know, they can like throw anything at each other and there is nowhere to go, which is, you know, how our parents or grandparents, you know, one of those generations and all the ones before, you know, experienced mm. intimacy. That created a lot of trauma for the following generation, you know, the daddy trauma, the, you know, which you carry, you know, like if your dad's a bully or your dad's an absentee, like emotionally absent, <clears throat> how do you not become mm -hmm. that? You know, if you haven't yeah. had a, a, a masculine role model, you gotta, you gotta make it all up. <laughs> yeah. I'm fortunate to have seen my dad cry a few times. So that was very helpful for me it was i'll never forget the first time i saw that when when my mom left him we were at the dinner table i was 10 years old that was the first time i saw him cry and i was just like oh, who is this man in front of me i don't recognize him it was insane it was mind-blowing but thankfully he was able to to tune into some of these things sometimes even though he hated it he felt shamed around it but when he got older too, he was able to express that more, even though he didn't want to, but he, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my, my brother would have such issues talking about this stuff. He would not talk about it. My brother became more like him, very stoic and very like joking about things to push things away. This is the way for everyone. And it's about, you know, men and women finding it, um, you know, and, and finding how that would work in their own daily life and making time for it, which is a big challenge, you know, especially yeah. if with full-time work and um, families and responsibilities and duties, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a big challenge, but once we become conscious, that's where we also start to make our own choices. Like, 
do we need to take on as much as we do? <laughs> do we mm-hmm. need to carry all the responsibilities that, you know, we have taken on, have amassed in the process of, you know, wanting to please like a, a social standard of, mm-hmm. of a successful person? You know, how many of all of those really matter to us and how much it's the outside approval, you know, of like the marketplace? Yeah, because that, that takes you to the place of, of you without a name, right? That's right. Yeah, the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was beautiful, Hans. Thank mm. you for coming. Thank you for your time and your honesty. And mm. uh, everybody out there, think about the masculine, the feminine within you and within your loved ones and how to get to that place of balance and integration uh, simply you know, easily, mm-hmm. quietly. Yeah, and I cur- encourage you all to keep listening. And until next week, also I encourage you to keep speaking sex. Another piece of good news from our sponsor, oldplayground.net. Uh, they have a special right now where you can join for three days for $3.99. Uh, you can start a profile and you can navigate the site. It's the biggest, most inclusive, most contemporary lifestyle website, uh, in English at least, that <laughs> we know of. And you can have your own exclusive content. Uh, There is a big wall with videos, uh, information, uh, podcasts about uh, sex and intimacy topics, and all kinds of open people with whom uh, you can communicate across the country. So give it a try. This is the chance to do so. And love you all. Make love incessantly, I would be God.